you find yourselves in a bar in space that you've come to because the doctor got a message to meet him, to meet here. So that's why you're here. And there are aliens. There are there are crowds of people hanging around. Uh, they they all seem a little bit sketchy, perhaps. But yeah, what kind of what kind of thing is what would Stanley do if you were if he found himself in a bar in space that he's never been to before, a space pub, a uh, space pub, space pint, really, or space maybe a space Stella, maybe a, a space Boddington's. Yeah. I think I think he might. He, I, I like the idea that Stanley would say spacey for everything, and they would. And then like, <laughs> an aliens like we just, we just, we just pull it. We don't have. We don't call it space. We, everything's it's just space. Just food here. Space. Uh, can I have some space Newcastle space brown, please? Um, <laughs> sure. You can have some new fortress brown, and then he like pours a uh, uh, new station. It's called <laughs> new station brown, new station uh, and he bones. he pours that for okay. you. <laughs> yeah. He gives you new station mobile. Oh no, it's it's the it's red alert then, uh, or mobile alert. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he pours you the drink. He serves it to you. And and Joe, you said that Carrie was ordering food. Yes, snacks, of course. Space um, what's your what's your poison? <laughs> hmm. You know what first came to mind is the uh, sort of snack mix that you often get at bars but i'm gonna go with the asian flair kind that has the wasabi peas and yeah. the sesame sticks like the actual good one oh, sorry yeah. I, have a, I have a can no, of those in my my cabinet they're, right now i know they're so good oh yeah they're yeah. delicious it's like that there's a couple of other things in it yeah that are i i expect from Earth. yeah um, i expect whatever different you colors yeah yeah and there's like things some, that move maybe yeah, maybe a couple of things that move, a couple of bit of strange, like, say, but nothing, nothing gross. It's not like when yeah, you're like, no, no, no. watching Klingons eat on Star Trek. It's just, yeah, like, <laughs> cool. um, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's extremely processed and it's, it's yeah. got whatever passes for salt in this location has been used generously. Uh, and so that's happening there. And, and doctor, you are at the bar and you are looking around for your contact. And what are you saying? What are you doing? Uh, I think the doctor is half looking for the contact, but also has his eye on a, a card game that's going on in the corner and uh, successfully predicting every move that every player is making and almost doing it as a as a live commentary play by play to his two uh, companions who could not be listening less if they tried. It's just like, yeah, oh, yes. Next one's coming out. It's going to be a red. Oh, it's a red. Of course, it's a red. Of course, it's a red. Statistically, it has to be a red. You see that? And, and just to himself, it's like, yeah, I, I think it's take everything in the doctor's power to not yeah. go over there and start playing. Yeah. And as you're doing this, a figure next to you shoves you. Oh, ah, oh, uh, I turn around and, and look at this individual. Hey. You want to keep it down? People are trying to gamble and drink here. Uh, I, I, was, I was sorry. Was I, was I was I doing the thing where I was was talking aloud and, and, and narrating? Uh, 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 apologies. Uh, uh, oh, so sorry. And I, I I pat this person on the shoulder like uh, it won't happen again. I don't like you. Well, well, to be fair, I hear that from a lot of people, but uh, any specific his reason head why? Spins around, his head spins around, and he's like one of those uh, spinners from The Beast Below, and the other side of his face goes, I don't like you either. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> I, 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 at, least, at least your opinion is consistent. Uh, uh, dreadfully sorry. Uh, uh, and he, he shoves you back, and he pulls out a staser gun, and he's about to shoot you when suddenly uh, 
all calamity breaks loose. A fight breaks loose in the bar. Everyone's hitting each other. There's a Santarin who gets bonked on the probic vent. Uh, there are people wrestling with each other and stuff like that. And then suddenly the guy who's about to shoot you gets shot by a figure standing in the doorway. A figure that you have known will meet you here because she's who summoned you. It's Melissa Phoenix. And she says, hello, sweetie. everybody and welcome to episode 509 and soon to be 510 of the game of Rassilon. I am your game missy Riley Silverman and let's go ahead and introduce our cast as always. Joining us of course as always is Ben Patton as Stanley. Hello Ben. Hello hello. Yeah we haven't heard from Stanley in a couple episodes so this will be fun to, to reintroduce Stanley and we haven't recorded as this group in a while. It's, yeah it feels like it's been a year. I know it's only been like a couple of months but it feels like it has been 12 calendar months. I mean in your defense you've been through a lot in the last few months including launching a series. So yeah there is totally, that. Yeah. Uh, definitely Woo-hoo! don't forget to listen to Jump Leads a sci-fi comedy audio drama series available at audio.jumpleads.zone or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, I don't think anyone's going to do that. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I love you. Uh, and then, of course, we have our our returning character, uh, returning companion. We've just we we've heard from her more recently. Uh, Joe Kate Lay. Hello, as Carrie. Hello. Hello. Joe. How are you? Good. Hi. How are you? I'm good. You know, it's it's um, it's it's good to have everybody back. Not that last adventure was not fun. Yeah, that was um, great. And Mandy was a great addition. It was awesome. Hey, we're really enjoy that. Love Mandy. Yeah. And uh, and Michael, by the way, our engineer who is here, Michael did a great job of being the game master for the last episode. Hello, Michael. How are you? Oh, thank you. Uh, I'm back in my engineer cage uh, where I will just, it's just this tinier set of controls and it's much better. So yeah. I, I have secrets from Michael in this episode, and I use a, a shock prod to keep him away from them, and I shake coins at him when he gets closer to them, um, which is fun. Um, but yeah, we had our we kind of had our own little Silence in the Library vibes uh, last episode by having Michael take over as GM in the middle of the final season of my, my era. And then, of course, last but not least, I'm here, and I'm kidding. Of course, last but not least, our doctor... <laughs> Dan Peck. Hello, Dan. How are you? I'm good. I have to remember, it's been so long since I've inhabited the doctor. I have to find the doctor again now. It's great to be here. Yeah, you'll have to find that accent you don't do. Uh, Is the doctor (laughs) in the room with us now? It's a. It, um, it's yes, it's Ben. It's, I actually, I'm right here. Oh, it's oh, sorry. A you hint. Made his do- okay. It's sorry. a hint of accent. A sousson, <laughs> a smackerel, yeah, and a moose bouche. <laughs> a pinch of accent. <laughs> yeah. And here we go back into the story. It's a little bit, time has passed. You have been directed out of that particular CD bar. Uh, you did indeed come to the Oaks Belt upon request from Melissa. Now those loyal listeners may remember the Oaks Belt mentioned previously in Creatures of Instinct as essentially a, a collection of asteroids in a belt that are that are home to some of the most nefarious and 
wretched folks in the universe, but also people who just want to disappear or hide away or be out of the eye of the general authority. And you have gotten a request from Melissa to meet you here. So now you are walking through the promenade of the Oaks Belt of this main sort of like hub area. And there are lots of folks around. Uh, I'm trying to think of like some of the people that you might see. There's like what appears to be like a holographic cowboy. Um, and there's like strange little metal sphere that's floating around giving out waters for some reason. Um, there's like a woman that seems like she's a young woman from Earth as part of this. And uh, a cloud of some sort that keeps doing charades. And that's happening in the background. As you're walking, you bump into a couple of people. They are, are younger. They're both wearing some sort of uniform. It's like this kind of blue on blue vibe. And there's like a strange, almost like, almost looks like a heart insignia on, on the chest. Uh, it's, like, it's a young woman with like really short red hair. And and, a, and a, a guy with like blonde hair and a soul. Ben, what does this guy say when you when they bump into him? I don't know who we're talking about. <laughs> oh, uh, it's the lead character from a show called Jump Leads that you just talked about. Oh! <laughs> so I absolutely spaced on that. I was so I was trying to figure out is this a character from a previous adventure? What is happening? I'm listen. I'm so zoned in to. To, to Doctor Who, I was like, where are these from? I literally have Ben's your Jump Leads artwork in front of me, and I'm describing exactly what's in the artwork. Well, I've, I've finished Jump Leads, so those characters are dead to me. No, I'm writing season That's two. Fair. Um, <laughs> yeah, so basically, the, the gag is that meaning the Llewellyn have somehow accidentally jumped into this space for like a brief period of time, and I'm just curious what Llewellyn would say if he bumped into these folks. Uh... <laughs> Uh, you don't have to if you don't no, want to. No, I can't think of it. I think, this, I think, okay. this is I our think Llewellyn is just crossover. I think that <laughs> Meanie is kind of captivated by all of the various uh, stalls and accoutrement and Llewellyn is just kind of very annoyed and frustrated and just wants to get back to the flurry and leave. Fair. That's kind yeah, of the whole that. vibe. That's every episode. There was, there was a moment where my evilness was going to make you roleplay as Llewellyn. As oh. Chet Vagabond and as Stanley, all three oh. in the same scene, and make you talk to yourself as all three. There was a point oh, in time where that was going to happen in the bar fight scene. I was going to make you play all three oh, characters so much without oh, giving you any. <laughs> is this episode called Across the Beniverse? Yes. Uh, somewhere, uh, I'm trying to. Think. Anyway, oh, this one's the um, Torment Nexus. Wait, hold on. Is it Pad yeah. Cross the Beniverse. Somehow, yeah. Uh, Anyway, um, yeah. So, okay, Doctor, I'm, I'm so glad you're here. I really, I really need your help, and I, I really didn't want to call you, but I, I, I'm at my wits' end, and I need you to help me with something. Look, you asked, and here I am. I, I don't usually make the commute to this side of the, the universe. To be perfectly honest, but you know, for you, of, of course, anything you need. Yeah, we don't usually go south of the river. <laughs> Oh, hello. Um, oh, I met you on the Christmas planet, didn't I? Yeah, oh, yeah you're, you look familiar. Like, you're uh, 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 Melissa, right? Phoenix? That's right. Yeah. Lovely. Nailed right. On the nose. Nice to meet you. Uh, good, I'm not really good, good with names. You <laughs> oh, you seem great with this one. So, um, yeah. So, here's the thing. Um, I, honestly, I know you're not regularly here, which is part of why I set up here. But I... <laughs> I think it might be easier to show you. And she leads you down a path to a chamber 
And filling this chamber is a pretty familiar crew of people. There are gambling machines set up. There are people placing bets, uh, taking wages, things like that. And there are a few familiar faces. There is a mentor being carried around on some sort of a chaise lounge. There is an overlooker who is a automaton without a, without a mask. There is a Roman senator, apparently. And they are gathered around as you walk into yet another meeting of the Pendulum Circuit. Oh, Lissa, don't tell me you're mixed up with this crowd. It's not on purpose. No, I mean, to be fair, I my interaction with them was not on purpose either, but all right, uh, what's uh, what's the story here? Are we doing uh, races? Uh, don't, don't tell me it's gladiatorial to the death. I do not yeah, want to get it in. Uh. Do I need to put my crocs in sports mode or, or what? How are we looking? Oh, that yes. would be great, I don't Stanley. know what that means, but do it. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Stanley immediately slips his crocs off and starts putting them in sports mode. But it takes time because he's an old, old man. Sorry, Joe, what did you say? No, I said absolutely. I feel like Harry would hobble over and uh, give Stanley a hand with uh, the, uh, all the different doodads <laughs> to get these crocs into sports mode. The doodads doodads are literally, you take the croc off, you take the plastic band, you bend it back so it's behind the heel, and then you slip into the croc again. <laughs> um, but I, I think what I imagine is, is Carrie like, giving Stanley like someone to steady himself on while he like stands there and kind of tries to maintain his balance as he yeah. stands one legged. This is this sequence is going on way too long, but I yeah. think it does yeah. end up with Stanley in, with his crocs in sports mode and Carrie holding one of the gibbets and it's a gibbet of like a, a milk bottle. Okay, great. Yeah, well, no, I'm 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 about this. It's it's definitely Laurel and Hardy. Perfect. Um as much as we can milk any sort of Stanley Carrie moment, we will. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's what you want. You want you, that's all all good podcasts are about physical comedy. I have Perfect. so much plot to get to, y'all. <laughs> so, I, I, this is my mistake. Why do I why do I write stories? They never go is never You're five years into this. Stories. I mean, yeah. <laughs> You've been doing this um, <laughs> Almost on cue, the presenter starts presenting and he lays out just to speed up time, I'm going to kind of exposition this. Um, he lays out the current challenge. And you see on a view screen an asteroid from the Oaks Belt that has been grabbed with a gravity lasso and chucked into essentially the orbit of a planetary system. And he describes this asteroid as being chock full of some of the most valuable diamonds in the universe. And... The competition is very simple. It's a survivor race challenge. Everyone has to chase after this asteroid, land on it successfully, and claim it before it burns up in a planetary atmosphere, thus becoming a meteor. Because Michael and I had to research the difference between an asteroid and a meteor, and we found out that's the difference. And we figured it out, because we're (laughs) smart science people. Um, And so Melissa turns to you, and she says, that asteroid is my asteroid. I have been using it to protect the thing that I care most about in the universe. And I didn't know they were going to grab it and chuck it at a planet. And so I need you to help me to get it. So I need you to sign up with me 
for this race and get us to that asteroid. I think and as soon as you say sign up with me, the doctor has beelined it to the. <laughs> He's to already sign up. signing yep. up in the background. Yep. It's like I love it. Yes, <laughs> it's like of, of course. Uh, um, we're, we're going one L one S, correct? For Melissa. Yes. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yes. Yep. Sorry, yep. I thought you were spelling your own name, and I was like, "There's neither of those letters in that name," so I was very confused. Um, yes. So, okay, there are a couple of of details that we need to work out, but let's get signed up. And she goes, "Okay, time travel is expressly verboten by the rules of the competition because it's it's essentially cheating." Of course. So, oh, that makes the game too easy. Of course. Right. So, we can't take your TARDIS into we can't fly your TARDIS into things. Um, however, we might need your TARDIS because we need to get the stuff out of my chamber before it burns up in the atmosphere. If that makes sense to you. Mm-hmm. So my proposition, and she pulls out her TARDIS key and it's on a key fob and she clicks the key fob and you see your TARDIS turn into siege mode. <laughs> oh, oh, hey, oh, uh, uh, I mean, uh, very handy. Uh, I love it. Okay. Uh, yeah. And, uh, so I'm assuming, yeah, we had made our way over to where the TARDIS is, and uh, I pick it up, and I put it inside one of my pockets. Wait, did you not have one of these? And she looks at the fob. No, you know how we don't always go in order of things. This may be where I get it. No, I, I got it from your TARDIS. It gave it to me. Did it not give you... Oh, weird. All right. And then she, like... Uh, yeah, so she sets it up. She takes you to a small ship that is kind of like needlepoint. Like, it's a, a kind of a race-style ship. I didn't think about the design schematics of the ship, to be honest with you, because I don't care that much about it. So it's just a cool space <laughs> racing ship called the Bootstrap. And uh, joining you on the, the starting line, uh, or like getting prepared to go into this race, are the other competitors. And I will go ahead and we... Uh, one of them is a group. There's a gang of people that you don't recognize any of their faces, but they're dressed pretty similarly to a gang that you thwarted on a rainy fisherman planet. It's almost as if the show wasn't filming when that cast could come back, but they just reuse the same costumes and hope that nobody remember would think too much about it. Like it's like invoking the memory of them, but different cast members. Um, so they are they are a group of space mainers essentially, and they are flying a ship called the Fisherman's Foe, which is a big uh, space galleon. It's very evil looking. Uh, the next competitor is a racer named Dirk Knifeblade, and uh, he is a, he's a notorious galactic scoundrel. Uh, and Michael, why don't you uh, go ahead and and have Dirk Knifeblade approach the racers as they're continuing on? Phoenix, I never thought I'd see you again. Oh, knife blade. They'll let anybody in here, won't they? Ha! <laughs> I could say the same about you. Wait, sorry. Hello were you there. S- w- were you saying knife blade is like a sort of like family-friendly expletive? Like, ah, oh, knife blade, not again. Or no, that's it, his that- name. Oh, okay. Oh, no, mate. My name's Dirk Knife Blade. No, it's not. Like, this no, is my I, ship. I think what you've the done edge. is you, you've definitely misspoken every conceivable word in that sentence. And what you're going to do is you're going to have another go and tell us your actual name. Because there's no way that's an actual person's name. That would be ridiculous. Oh, just, Dirk, just give him your catchphrase. He's going to... You're going to say it anyway. Just say it. I don't know what you mean, Melissa. I just hope you're staying sharp. Oh, oh, was that the catchphrase? I I was expecting something a little 
sharper. You just It's you not just any better than that. I'll tell you that. <laughs> you sure you're not brothers? You this is I'm not going to lie, a dull conversation. Uh my mm. name is Tripodometer while we're naming each other dumb things. I oh, am Stanley, Stanley, that's a, actually a pretty famous outlaw. You do not want to be associated with him, trust me. Oh no. Like, oh. This is this is Tripodometer. No, it's not. It's not. He didn't know. He didn't know. He's not from oh, here. All right. He He's, he's a different tripodometer. He's from the, the Kensington right, tripodometer. Right. It's not the same. Oh, Stanley, you really got to be careful with what you say. You, all right. Well, in that case, uh, can I come up with a different name or do you just want me to be Stanley? I I like you, Stanley. Doctor, what do you think? You I, I, I'm, I'm, a, think I'm a fan of Stanley. Yeah. Stanley Stanley's the manly. <laughs> I was just going to go with Carrie, so. I think Blade Knife Edge. Hey, Doctor. Could you never say that ever again? That would be great. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I, I. Yes. I don't know if that was Melissa saying it or the GM's voice coming through the game. I think. I think Melissa, <laughs> Melissa just was got briefly was, possessed. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. I am. It's like in the Taz comics when Griffin's talking through the panel. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So you. So you. You pass by Dirk Knifeblade's ship, which is the edge. It's just a giant space knife. It's just a big knife. You come upon a automaton type robotic being and they are fixing up their ship and they are doing kind of like hydraulic repairs and stuff like that and they turn and look at you and they kind of like crock their head at you hello hello hi hi whatcha whatcha hello hi whatcha oh go ahead oh please hi i oh you go ahead no no after you i'm sorry i'm so rude of me i insist i insist we're just going to get caught in a feedback loop. <laughs> your microphone's muted. Unmute your microphone. I I don't know if I have a microphone. What's your, what's your Hi, name? Hi, I'm, I'm, I'm H264. Um, it's a pleasure to meet you. Um, this is this is my ship. It's, a, it's, it's an algorithm. It's the algorithm, actually, is what I call it. Lovely. It's, it's the only one. Um, it's only one of this one. All right. Well, there are others that aren't this one. It's a good ship. I would expect. I don't know much about spaceships, and the one that I travel in is shaped like a an old, dumb London phone box. So, I, uh, I glare at Stanley it's not very that hard. Dumb, Stanley. <laughs> that, also, their ship. It looks like just like they use a golf ball as a prop and just made it look bigger and, and put some stickers on it. That's all it is. Oh, it looks like someone graffito tagged a uh, Sontaran shuttle pod. How does Stanley know what a Sontaran shuttle pod is? <laughs> I think he was just stringing, stringing. Uh, Stanley's uh, been reading the TARDIS wiki together. inside of the TARDIS. Yeah, it's another time of Stanley just making up a name. It's a real thing. Um, all right, well. Just... Sorry, extreme tangent. I just picture Stanley turning around with the like the Black Guardian crystal from the Terminal. <laughs> he's like, "Oh no, he's on to me, Doctor." <laughs> right. Listen, I'm not gonna like talking crystal. I've completely forgotten what you asked me to do. So I'm, I'm Kill gonna... the Doctor. Anyway, sorry. Total tangent. Alternate universe. So funny. Into, into and then the Stanley regenerates, being a secret Time Lord and also an android <laughs> and also also yeah. both simultaneously a future and past incarnation of the Doctor. Yeah. <laughs> and also and Sonic then, the Hedgehog. And somehow Llewellyn shows up again and <laughs> Jet Vagabond. All right, Llewellyn, uh, so you... Llewellyn watches from a nearby hover platform and says, well, none of this is canonical. 
and then they they disappear in their ship that's smaller on the inside. Yeah. All right. So then we we move on uh, to the last racer who you recognize, uh, of course, as a Roman senator, uh, and his name, of course, as you remember, is Sibulbas. Amazing. Oh, oh, they'll let anyone in here, won't they? Oh, so nice to see you again, Sibulbas. Case in point, you're here. Yeah. And what's well, what's the surprise? Where the the chase goes, I follow. Wait, that's that's a chase follows. You don't follow the. Have you not had a shot and a chaser before? Come with me down the pub. We'll, 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 I'll show you how to do it properly. What's a pub? Pub? Some sort of public? Oh, mate. Oh, oh, you're oh. about to learn something pretty amazing. You never had a you never <laughs> had a pint of Kerry, you, have you ever had a pint of Guinness? Pint, never mind. Pint of Guinness will do you. Yeah, yeah, no, abs. I've no idea of what you speak, and frankly, I don't care. I shall defeat you and claim the prize. Yeah, what what is the what is the prize this time around? Uh, I, I already told you that it's the asteroid full of diamonds. Oh, it's just the diamonds. I thought maybe there'd be something on top of it as well. Diamonds. It's like yeah, that's the target, and then. Yeah. Diamonds aren't enough. I mean, they're just carbon. They're just carbon. Is that not enough? Among the commonest things in the galaxy, there's planets made of diamond. But no, okay, no, I, I get it. I'll play along. It's all good. Planets made of diamond. That's out. That's rubbish. That sounds made up. Next thing you're gonna tell me, there's like, you know, cities made of smoke and rivers made of song and what have you. Nonsense. Does he know? Is that what this is? Is this a joke? Stanley is. I think he's operating on a higher level than any of us will ever fully understand. <laughs> That's fair. Okay. Um, I think we should probably go ahead and get to the starting line. And yeah, I think that uh, that happens. So you get set up and you're on this ship and uh, we are going to launch into a couple of skill checks essentially at this okay. point. And um, Michael, I'm going to have yeah. you roll on behalf of, of all of the ship all of the ship so that's okay if you don't want to like if you can do like a general one if you could that's fine you don't have to do like stats from the sheets you made but just kind of like give me some basics um so we, we can see who kind of takes the early lead okay. so who i don't want to do it as melissa so who wants to be piloting this ship did stanley pilot last time yes yeah, stanley drove the the uh, i think i think you did yes I think so. I think unless someone else wants to do it this time, Stanley does have prior experience, but I want to open it up to someone else who wants the opportunity. Oh, okay. Then uh, I was going to volunteer yeah, as tribute then. So if we're yeah. going to share, we're going to share. Let's have that. Carrie do it. Cause I think yeah. this is a very different kind of vehicle than the, the, the chariot. Like this is flying a spaceship. And I think that Carrie has probably had enough experience like with like video games and things like that, that she might be more apt for it than Stanley might. Carrie is steering. I think that Melissa is handling like navigation. Like she knows where you're trying to go. So she's helping Carrie know where to steer to. Um, I will say that both the doctor and Stanley will be on defense. I'll, I'll put which one of you wants to be on defense. Which one of you wants to be on offense? Oh, blimey. I'm going to be on defense. Yeah. Okay. I figured you probably would. You pacifistic long scarf wearing word. I can't say on a family podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Hey, Dan isn't wearing a scarf. Okay. Michael, what I want you to do is for Sebulbus, H264, Dirk, and the Space Mainers, have each of them make a coordination in conflict role. And that'll be kind of like the general vibe of, of their whole ship. And 
So make those rolls, and then let me know if let me know if anybody is below a ten or above a fifteen. Okay. So you do that. While you're doing that, uh, I want Dan as the you're so basically the doctor is is operating the shields. Okay. Uh, ben, you as Stanley are firing on ships that are coming towards you or coming after you, trying to keep them away from you or. And you can you can change what you're doing. Like you can be firing at asteroids to put them in ships' paths. Sure. You can like whatever creative thing you want to be doing. And Carrie, you're going to be steering. And so uh, I want you, Carrie, yes, to make a coordination and transport roll. Coordination and transport. Okay. Doctor, I want you to make a uh, coordination and I'm going to say. Actually, I'm going to have you, instead of coordination, I'm going to have you make a, a resolve and conflict roll. Okay. And Stanley, I'm going to have you make a presence and conflict roll. Okay, so my presence is three and my conflict is one, so that's a base of four, otherwise known yep. as uh-oh. <laughs> uh, and I rolled a 13 total. Okay. With you know. no magic uh, rolls. Great. So we have a 13 from Stanley, okay, and... Doctor, what'd you get? 16, no magic numbers. 16, okay. Uh, I will say with 16 that I'm going to make the difficulty in my head higher for whatever uh, Michael's roles are going to be. So now I'm still going to get Michael's information, but I'm going to make it harder for you to be hit because you made the shields very strong. And you've also probably, you're also, I, I think you're, I'm also going to consider that a boost to whatever Carrie's doing because it's good for evasion and stuff like that. So Joe, what did you get? So I have a base of six and then I rolled nine, no magic numbers. So a total of 15. Total of 15. So with a 15, on top of what Dan just got, uh, I'm going to say that you got a little bit of a bump. So I'm going to treat yours as a yes and. So because you have, Yay. you had a, I, my, my difficulties in my mind were either, but basically I wanted everyone to be between, between 10 and 15 to do well. So, sure, sure. Um, you had a, you had a 15. So I'm going to say that you managed to get ahead of everybody and cool. you were actually able to avoid basically the space version of a blue shield you were able a blue a blue shell you were able to get around it and so you are in the lead clearly at this point and now come to michael michael did anybody get below a 10 or above a 12 above a 15 um two got above a 15 okay Ooh. don't like that pick, pick don't one. like that that's pick not one, like, good oh pick one of them you know the one i'm picking uh so <laughs> Sebulbas? So I guess gun I'll, jet gun. If there's some sort of like porthole or window or something, the crew sees Donna like Noble. A, it's like a cube of Roman shields arranged in a phalanx formation. It's just called the phalanx. <laughs> oh my gosh. And it's just sort yes. of flying through space. And I got a 16 with a six for Sebulbas. So I okay, think so that's, it's like in there, He always like, wins. <laughs> There's like a Roman soldier, like with the armor, but also like a big bubble helmet and like <laughs> a crown of laurels. And Sebulbus is like, the I gods are with me. Yeah. And it comes <laughs> to yeah. Okay. I think because it was a 16 with a six, I am going to go ahead and say that Bulbus now has pulled ahead of you, Carrie. Um, what was the other ship, Michael, that had a 15 or above 15? Uh, the Mainers uh, in the Fisherman's Foe. Uh, they got a 15, but that's with a one and a six. So okay. uh, it kind of negates. I'm going to say, say because of the effect of Dan's 
shields. Like I said, that was going to affect one of those two things. And I'm going to say that they they are not out of it, but they fell behind. So they are they are still in the mix. Now, who was anyone below a 10? No. Somehow. Okay. <laughs> All right. Now we are going to do one more round of this, and, and then we'll get to the next step. So let's go ahead and have everyone make your rolls again. All right. Okay. And... <gasps> Yay! Presence in conflict again, same rolls? Yeah, make, make the same roll you just did. Okay. I'm basically doing two rounds of this same thing. Oh, space oh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. oh, my God. I didn't do as okay. well. What's that? I didn't do as well. Okay, that's fine. Um, I almost completely beefed it. I okay, let's go in the opposite order this time. So, yeah. Carrie, what'd you get? Um, I got a total of 12, and I did roll a six. Okay. 12 with a six. So I will treat that like you got a 15. Okay. And then I'm going to go to to Dan. Dan, you said you didn't do well. I got a 13 with a one. Okay. Ah. I'm going to treat that. I'm, I'm going to say because it was the one, I'm going to say it's it's a 10. So it's passable, but it's not nothing. Nothing benefits anything, but nothing harms you either. So okay. makes sense. I, yeah. Yeah. So you're kind of just maintaining. Um, and then uh, Stanley, what'd you get? Hi there, it's your old pal Stanley here looking at dice with a total <laughs> roll of eight with a one on one of the dice. Okay. Luckily for you, Stanley, you are weapons. So <laughs> what this means is that you are not... Okay, eight with a one. I'm going to say actually that you you go to fire at an enemy ship and you miss the enemy ship. You hit an asteroid it, like a piece of a piece of this asteroid that's broken off, and now it's coming in your direction. So now you actually, because of your shot, your ship has to go out of its way. So you actually knocked yourselves a little bit further behind than you would have liked to have been. I'm, that's a lot better than what I was thinking in my head, which was like, no, no, don't Indiana finish that jo sentence. Don't finish that sentence. <laughs> I'm gonna finish it. Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones and his dad in the plane. Indiana Jones's dad with a machine gun. Oh my god! Firing yeah. I thought about tire. that. I, I kind of essentially was trying to do that, oh, but in a, in a spacey way. Yeah. They caught us. It's such a great moment. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I, I was kind of trying to go for that, but in like in a more spacey yeah. and not quite as a devastating way. But it's spacey, wacy. The, uh, the diamond, <laughs> uh, you know, debris cuts through the gun. Yeah. Uh, and then Michael, how, how are we doing on your end? I just want to start by saying, I'm going to, I'm going to switch the dice for the next set of rolls. Cause I feel kind of bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to put these uh, away. Your six-sided, all sides have a six on it die that you've been rolling? Seems that way. Um, this is what so, happens when you buy dice from <clears throat> fivesandup.com. So I'll just start by saying H264 only got an 11. Ball's just spinning around. Whatever. Yeah. Dirk. Oh, wait, sorry. So Bulbous got a 17 with two sixes. Whoa! Okay. Yeah. There's two more, and they're higher. Um, <laughs> oh, no! Dirk got a 19 with just one six. And then the Space Mainers... I... I <laughs> feel bad. What is happening? Because um, they got a How? 20 with two sixes. <gasps> oh, my God! 
Dan, um, I didn't think I'd have to use it this soon, but I do have a character sheet for the Doctor on standby. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm just going to lie yeah. on all the rolls from here on out. I don't know if you get to regenerate when you, when you float into the vacuum of space. Yeah, that um, might be permadeath. So here's what's going to happen. Um, everybody else... So, okay, so the space mainers... Not only do they land on the asteroid, but they do so without even having to roll for it. Like they just are on because like, this was they're basically skipping to the next step because the next step in this was going to be Dang. landing on the asteroid, and they don't even have to worry about that because they are there. Um, the order of of the lineup now is space mainers are on the asteroid. Okay. Uh, so Bulbus uh, is very close behind because of his previous round. And then, who'd you say didn't do that well? Oh, uh, Dirk. H264 did not do H264. That. H264 is having, some hard, uh, having a hard time. And it's they are just kind of like, <laughs> their ball is spinning in space at this point. So that is what's happening there. They're, they're not as far back as you because they're, they're, they did still have a success there. Um, well, no, actually, Carrie had a 15. So I will say that you still are ahead of H64's ship. I'll say that. Um, I think the two of you were kind of a wash as far as combat. So the order right now is Space Mainers are on the rock. Uh, Sebulbus is very close to being on the rock. Dark Knife Blade is pretty close behind Sebulbus. Then it's you, and then H64 is right behind you. That's where we're at right now. Okay, now we're going to make rolls to see how well everyone, except for the Space Mainers who did great. <laughs> uh, we're going to make rolls to see how well everybody successfully lands on this asteroid yes dan uh i would like to say to carrie it's like okay hopefully this works but bring us down as hot as you can um and i want for my thing not just to activate the shields but i want to basically overclock the shields as much as possible because we have to get down there fast and i want the shields to absorb basically the impact of us coming down hot okay um and i will roll but also will spend spend story points for this Actually, I'm going to give you a story point for that idea because that's very clever and interesting. And I think it's okay, a very cool. doctrine move to make. And um, I'm not going to make you spend a story point um, for it. So, Carrie, I am going to have you roll. C. You're going to roll Dice. resolve oh. and technology. <laughs> no, sorry, resolve and transport. Okay. Resolve and transport. Okay. And Dan, first though, Dan, I want you to roll ingenuity and transport great so dan roll first okay no worries uh, this is this is the me seeing how effective dan's shield trick is michael yes you have, a, you have a thought i was gonna ask while this is going on is there a set i can be rolling for all the other yes uh i have you all roll you have all your people except for the space mainers have them mm -hmm. roll resolve and transport on it okay so this is all everyone's trying to say land safely right now so i got an 18 in total but i did get a one okay Aye. Carrie, add a plus two to your roll. Your okay. transport roll. So that's, that's the benefit that, of what Dan just did. Cool. So I have a regular base of just five, and then plus dance is seven, and then let's give it a roll. Uh, I rolled a nine, no magic numbers. So we're at 16. You're at 16 total? Okay. Yeah, 16 total. And that's including the plus two from... Yes, because mm -hmm. okay. it was a base of seven with Dan's plus two. So go ahead, and Stanley, what I'm going to have you do is make one more attempt to fire, and you were trying to... Uh, what do you want to do with Stanley as the, as the gunner while you're trying to land? Um, 
I think I basically just want to provide covering fire so that no one interrupts our um, attempted landing or attempted arrival slash collision with the asteroid. Okay, go ahead and roll for me a coordination and uh, conflict. Oh, that's a base of two. You're killing me. All right. Believe in the dice. Oh, no, and the dice are not much better. That is... That's 10 total. No magic numbers. Okay. What happens in the next second is... Stanley, you go to do this. You roll... You you go to fire. Mm -hmm. And once again, you hit an object that... You hit... You are getting ready to fire, and you realize that you almost just shot the ship's own engine. Oh, Lord. But, but you are about to do this shot, and and almost weirdly timed, Stanley, Melissa, like, slams into you almost as, like, the ship is rocking mm. as, as it's going down. And when she hits you, it knocks the gun away from the engine, and it just fires blindly out into space. Oh, no! Perfect. And does, so it doesn't, doesn't hit anybody. Just Hooray! Yeah. Um, Hooray! It's like, it's like this weird freak timing thing. And like you know that if that had not happened, you would have blown the ship up. But yeah. because of this firing, it like didn't happen. With, with the roll that Carrie had on top of the gift that Dan gave, yes, the ship, the ship's shields have burned out. So the ship is no longer useful. Uh, so it, it, it crashes onto the asteroid. But because of the burning of the shields, you do get yourselves back a little bit of distance. But let's see how well the other competitors did. Uh, Michael, what do you got? Um, so Sebulbus got a 15. Uh, nothing fancy. Dirk got a 17. Nothing fancy. And then I saved the best for last uh, as a little treat. Uh, H264 got a 10 with a 1. <laughs> Here's what happens. Um <laughs> H264 is landing and they pick up on their sensors that Stanley almost shot the engine off of your ship. And they are processing that information. And as an AI, they function by replicating things that they see. And they're not really great at thinking of their own original ideas. And so they also turn and fire on their engine but because they don't have a Melissa Phoenix to knock them out of the way of it. They blow up their own ship by accident, and <laughs> H-254 is off the board. <laughs> Amazing. Perfect. So now you're on the planet. You have a little bit of distance to cover. You made up a lot of space because of what just happened with, with the shields. That was a good, smart move. But everybody else rolled pretty good, so they're all still kind of ahead of you. There's no atmosphere. It's an asteroid, and so you're all wearing those lovely orange jumpsuit spacesuits. Yes. And there's a little bit of light gravity. As you are on the asteroid, big rock. doctor, yeah, uh, doctor, I need you to make an awareness and presence roll for me. Okay. I am rolling really poorly. Uh, that's a twelve with a one. Okay. Anybody else want to make an awareness and presence roll? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Cho, why don't you go first? Uh, let's see. Base of five. Oh, no. Oh, no. No, we don't. I, I rolled a total of uh, uh, eight with a one. So that's a no for carry. That makes a uh, lot of sense. Awareness and presence, you say? Yep. So base of seven. 
we all just miss so it? We all beefed it. I rolled an 11 yeah. with a 1. We're all pretty shaken okay. up. We just crashed the spaceship into a diamond it's, asteroid. You know what? You know <laughs> what? Valid. Valid. You all are befuddled and you're all climbing out of this ship and you're not doing, you're not figuring things out. And you suddenly feel Melissa grabbing you and pulling you and trying to get you to move forward. And she's doing it with quite a bit of urgency. And you realize that you didn't quite pick up on it at first because you were befuddled and confused from a shipwreck. But you realize it's starting to feel a lot hotter and a lot hotter. And then you realize when you look behind you that the nearby star is bearing heat down upon this asteroid. And there is a line of heat moving quickly along the surface of the asteroid, heating it up at just phenomenal level and you have to get moving quickly or it is going to cook you alive.